You are listening to Destination MTB on Mountain Bike Radio. This episode is brought to you by Podiumware. Podiumware is a manufacturer of custom team cycling apparel, and all products that they make are proudly made in St. Paul, Minnesota. Something that's really cool is that they are the new national sponsor of NICA's Mountain Bike League, and they are committed to helping to expand high school mountain biking across the country. You can get more information about Podiumware over at podiumware.com. And I will personally vouch for Podiumware because they made the mountain bike radio kits this year uh, that we just placed an order a couple months ago, and we have ongoing order. So if you're interested in that, you can head over to GoOutdoorsApparel.com. I will put a link in the show notes for that so you can go over and see what the mountain bike radio kits look like. But thank you to Podiumware for sponsoring this episode. And again, head over to PodiumWare.com for more information. Check out what they have to offer, prices, and everything right there. Hey listeners, this is Ben. I just wanted to jump in before the episode and give you a couple tidbits uh, partway through this interview, it dawned on me that I should be collaborating with Steve, the guest, on some sort of trip or trips. And we have been working together the last week since we recorded this to put together some opportunities. And the first one we're looking at is the first weekend in November in St. George, Utah. So, we don't have all the details together on a web page, but we are working on it. And you can head over to mountainbikeradio.com slash off air. And I will put that in the show notes as well. But go over there if you want to find out more information and stay tuned. You can go over there, click a button and uh, sign up to get on the email list. So anytime put out information about that trip or other trips, you will be alerted. I would encourage you to go over there, sign up for that. That gives me uh, some information about who is interested. Or if you're interested and not really sure uh, when you could do it, anything else, you feel free to send me an email at ben at mountainbikeradio.com. But that is it for right now. So listen in to the episode, uh, come up with some questions, thoughts, whatever it is. Let me know. Go over to mountainbikeradio.com slash off air. I'm going to be calling it Off Air with MBR. That'll be our events, camps, travel, all that type of stuff that I'm working diligently in the background for the next year uh, to do with Mountain Bike Radio. That'll be it. Right now, I'm calling it Off Air with MBR. Like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to send me an email, ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Enjoy the episode with Steve Mokan from Chasing Epic. Hello, Mountain Bike Radio listeners. This is Ben, and I am here with Steve Mokin. He is the owner, president, CEO, guy that came up with a great idea, and it's called Chasing Epic Mountain Bike Adventures. We'll discuss what it is, some of his background. Uh, I, I really wanted to get him on. Well, first of all, this all came about. Steve has been chasing me down, basically, and I've been stalling for a couple months now. I'm sorry, Steve. 
Um, but uh, we know some people together, and um, he came to me with and asked if we get on. I said absolutely, and I was digging around his site, and he's added trips since then. But um, I, I wanted to get him on because he has a lot of experience with several destinations throughout the western part of the country, and he has a company that provides service to get all of you out there. So I wanted to get him on. He's got a lot of things going on, a uh, smart guy. And uh, so that's it. So Steve, thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, it's good to be here, Ben. Thanks. Yeah. So before we get into what Chasing Epic is all about and the constantly growing business, because every time it seems like every time I go to your website, the trips, there's more trips. So we'll talk about those. Uh, talk about highlights, but you have a little interesting background, photography and how you got into this. So can you take us back, tell us a little bit of your background and how you came to be starting Chasing Epic? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it does kind of tie all, all tie back to the, the photography aspect of what I've done over the last several years. Um, you know, over the last probably five to eight years, I've done a lot of photography, mostly on the side, but for some ski resorts, outdoor gear companies, um, and a lot of adventure travel companies. So a lot of road biking companies, hiking companies. Um, and last year I started doing some more trips, uh, mostly international, a couple to Croatia, um, Grand Canyon, a few places like that, some fly fishing trips even. And I started realizing that there's really a gap in the mountain biking space. And, um, you know, people want to do all inclusive guided trips and, you know, just kind of have everything taken care of, for, t- taking care of them for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, really going back to founding Chase and Epic, you know, I looked at the market, I looked at, you know, kind of what's out there and there's not really a full blown service for experienced mountain bikers. Um, kind of the point of Chasing Epic is to take people on vacations and adventures that my friends and I have been doing for the last 10 years. So, um, you know, we go, we ride as much as possible. We have dinner, we drink a few beers, we fall asleep and we do it all over again. And really, you know, the, the photography piece, you know, it's definitely an element in it. Um, you know, if you visit my website, you can see a lot of pretty cool images from the trips we've done and the places we've gone. Um, you know, and that's definitely a piece, you know, we, we set up cool shots, you know, all the customers like to see themselves and on the big screen. Um, but really it's all about the mountain biking and, you know, we ride the, the trails that, you know, you and I would ride, you know, anybody would want to ride when they go to places like Crested Butte or Durango or Sedona. Um, and it's, you know, it's really just a full blown mountain bike riding experience. Right. It, with your background, you said you had all these different trips, like fly fishing and all these outdoor type of things. Was that you just pretty much following along or were, are you involved or interested in all that, basically everything outdoors? So you're a fisherman and you're, you know, let's say climb and run and all that kind of thing. Are you, um, you know, I can't take credit for being a fly fisherman. Um, that was more just a kind of okay. part of the business model that I did for okay. photography. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm definitely a hiker. I used to be a pretty avid road biker. Um, but really, you know, the, the point of those trips when I was doing photography was taking pictures for the clients. And so, you know, I had a lot of interaction. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of interaction with the customers. Um, you know, I kind of got the pluses and minuses of each type of trip, you know, what they liked. And really I took that feedback and integrated it into chasing Epic and, you know, kind of had the model in my head when I founded the company about seven months ago. Okay. How long did you have it in your head? Like how long Um, is this brewing in your, in your head? You know, it's it's been probably a couple of years now. Um, you know, the pieces started to come together really um, a lot more formally last summer. And then last fall, I started kind of putting together the partnerships, the, you know, calling on trip leaders and guides and 
and really forming the relationships that kind of form the the basis for chasing epic um and then I think it was the week before Christmas, um, you know, seven months ago, eight months ago, um, that I launched the website and it, you know, we went live and started booking trips. Hmm. That's, it's very new. And listen, yeah, you can very go, new. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to chasing epic and find out all the information there. And you could do that while you're listening too. by the way, if you're on the app, uh, just click on the show notes and you can keep listening and you can click through all the different, uh, website and dig around information there. Um, but yeah, I, I joke, well, kind of joke about the being new because as a, any person who's ever started any type of small business knows, uh, everything is in flux every day <laughs> along the process. So let's, uh, we'll get to some of that because I'm, I'm interested to see what you've learned in this short period of time, but let's dig in more of the details about chasing Epic because I want people to listen. Uh, this is on the show called Destination MTB, one of the shows on Mountain Bike Radio. And um, I, I want to get to some of the details and talk about some of the places that you go, how you deal with the triple, you know, sure. uh, what people can expect and uh, all those details. So let's let's talk about Chasing Epic a little bit more and how how it all goes down. So if I sign up, I go to the website, I sign up for a trip, I'm digging through all the information, I decide I want to go to Sedona. Sure. How does that all work? Yep. So you book a trip with us and we basically take care of take care of the plans or we help you with the travel plans, you know, up until the point where you arrive. So, you know, if you're coming from say Wisconsin, um, we help you with flights. We say, you know, you need to fly into Phoenix. Um, it's your responsibility to get to the initial meeting point, which is typically a bike shop in the town that we're riding from. Um, and so, you know, we help you We say, you know, you need to get to Phoenix. There's a shuttle, you know, say it's $50 or whatever from Phoenix to Sedona. And then once you arrive in Sedona, you're basically under, you know, our plans and, and we take care of everything for you. So, um, you know, prior to the, to the trip, we have a training program for you. So we actually partner with training peaks, which is based here in Boulder, just right down the road. Um, and we've got our own coach, which, um, it's Nick Swanson that runs through the wall training. And so he's created a handful of training programs for all of our customers. So, you know, if you're in a place that, you know, it might be difficult to go ride, you know, for instance, we had a customer from Cincinnati last week that, you know, that went through the training program. It's, you know, it's a way to get you excited. It's a way to get you motivated and in shape to, you know, to ride the type of mileage that you're going to ride with us. And so, um, you know, that's one aspect we've, we've got some partnerships that allow you to get actually, believe it or not, free gear and free, um, stuff for your trip. So we were working with bike shops that basically give us, you know, a $50 gift card to, uh, um, to buy some stuff to get you ready, you know, whether it's a new shirt or some shorts or, um, you know, stuff for your bike. Um, but anyway, you know, kind of alluding to the bike, we, we also include bikes. So, you know, the first email you get is going to say, you know, congratulations on booking the trip. Um, we've got a pretty sweet demo fleet of Ibis and Niner, um, carbon bikes, you know, which one would you like to, to, uh, reserve for your trip? Um, and so, you know, the sooner you, you book, the better selection you have, um, cause, Kind of like you mentioned, we are a pretty new company, and so we've got limited demo fleet, but um, it's pretty sweet, if you ask me. Um, oh, I personally ride, yeah. personally ride an Ibis HD3. So, um, yeah, anytime you could just pick from any of those, I like I'll pitch <laughs> my own bike because that's the first question that comes to my head: is well, can I, you know, can I spend the money to ship my bike there? But offering that, I just take the opportunity to ride something different. Yeah. And, you know, we've had some customers say it's like being a, a kid in a candy store. You know, you get to choose from a, like an Ibis HD3, an Ibis Ripley, a, a Niner Jet 9. 
Um, we're actually working on a couple more partnerships right now to add to the demo fleet. So it's, you know, some pretty exciting things coming. Um, but basically, you know, everything is taken care of. And so um, it kind of goes back to, you know, making notes on what people liked and what people didn't like in the tours that I worked on. You know, a lot of people just want everything done for them when they show up. And that's what we do. You know, bring your helmet, bring your backpack, bring your shoes, and you're good to go. Um, so we, you know, about a three or four days before we set an itinerary. So every itinerary with our trips are custom. So, you know, we take into account the type of riders, the, you know, the fitness level, the technical ability, um, pretty much everything is, is taken into account and customized for that specific trip. Um, okay. And so, you know, we'll send that ahead of time so you can kind of get ready. We, we work with MTB Project, um, and they, you know, they've got descriptions and elevation profiles and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, pretty much everything is, is ready for you to go. Hmm. So with the locations then? If, uh, you know, I saw when I, we first were talking or emailing, I looked at it. I don't remember seeing all these locations. What was your first one that you started with? Um, you know, I, I actually started with a set. So I knew I wanted to do St. George, Fruta, Crested Butte, and Durango. Um, and those to me, you know, living in Colorado, those are the ones that, you know, I visit personally the most that I wanted to take people to. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, it, you know, it really got, it expanded initially to probably 12 different locations and some of them are on the back burner, you know, some of them have just been eliminated altogether, right. but, um, there's a lot of different things that go into, you know, determining which locations are worthy and, you know, it was a combination of weeding them out due to, you know, lack of guides or lack of trails or, um, just overlap with other destinations. And, and so when we launched, we, we kind of narrowed it down to the initial seven, um, so, you know, Crested Butte, Durango, uh, Fruta, Fruta Grand Junction, um, and then Telluride in Colorado. We do Park City in St. George in Utah, and then Sedona in Arizona. And just last month, we actually added Angel Fire um, in Taos in northern New Mexico. And so right now we have eight different locations. And how many people each trip do you kind of shoot for? <laughs> um, so, it you know, it depends. It's it. You know, we do scheduled trips where we've got, you know, say 12 different trips over the course of the year where anybody can sign up, whether they're, you know, riding solo or they want to, they want to come on, you know, with a friend. Um, and for the scheduled trips, they're a little bit smaller. We average, you know, about six riders. Um, so anything over six, we bring multiple guides, but we, we max out at, at a six to one ratio. Um, but then we have private trips and that's, you know, that's really what we're focusing on. We're a, you know, say a crew of eight guys from Austin, Texas, want to come out to Crested Butte and ride for four days. And, and those are the trips that we really specialize in because we can personalize them. Um, you know, if you want to do a rum tasting at Montana rum distillery in Crested Butte, you know, we can add that to the itinerary. If there's certain trails that you want to, you know, make sure you hit, we can add that. Um, and so private trips are typically six to 12. So they're a little bit bigger. We bring multiple guides, you know, we've got a, a dedicated trip leader for those. And, and really, depending on the group, we can even rent out, you know, an executive house or, you know, a big condo right at the base of a ski resort or, um, you know, really customize the experience. Right. And then we actually started doing co-branded trips. So we've got some exciting announcements coming up where we're working with major players in the bike industry to do, um, you know, kind of like a miniature Yeti tribe gathering, if you could think yeah. of it that way. Well, you beat uh, me to the discussion that I was going to have after we got done recording, but now people can hear it. <laughs> you should do a mountain bike radio one. Is like, that sounds no good brainer. to me. 
Oh yeah. So, I've got some great ideas. Okay, cool. So listeners, uh, this was a, as we were discussing this right now, we had, we had talked before we got on the air, obviously, but I didn't really, you know, I kind of have an idea to do just a group gathering back in Wisconsin next year. Um, but then we started talking right now and I was like, man, I'm going to ask Steve after we get done. But listeners, if any of you would be interested in a, uh, let's call it mountain bike radio gathering with chasing Epic sometime in 2017, please send me an email info or send it to Ben at mountainbikeradio.com because I want to gauge the interest. So if you'd be interested in this, take it, go, first of all, go to the website, go to chasing and uh, just dig through all the information, go to the trips, go to the pricing locations, uh, private trips, all the details are in there. So go over there. Um, think about it and see if you'd be interested in, if we cook something up, send me an email. I would really appreciate it. So totally hijacked the show, but that's what this is all about, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah. But, you know, kind of getting back to that real quick, it's, you know, for those kind of co-branded trips with the, you know, the big players in the mountain. Yeah bike industry we can you know we can handle really up to 30 or 40 people at a time and you know if we needed to do more we could um, okay. but we have some plan for the rest of 2016 where we're you know we're doing pretty exclusive um you know all-inclusive just immersive brand trips with some of the big mountain bike companies it's a great idea with all the different demos in like you know for example salsa is doing the ride camp in september uh, yep. just things like that where they want to up it and make it a bigger little bit bigger deal it's a great idea it's fantastic it's a really good idea I'm, I'm cool. I'm excited for you. I, I'm excited for me. Yeah. And I'm excited for you. So, um. yeah, there, you know, those are just a blast. I mean, you, you hang around 25 or 30 other mountain bikers that are psyched to get out on trails and, you know, really are just spending a weekend doing nothing but mountain biking. It's a, it's a pretty awesome environment. Yeah. I think the attractive part is what you said is just, that's all you have to worry about. You just yep. go and everything's taken care of, you, you know, set up these cool little side trips or whatever. Like you said, it's awesome. Yep. All right. So I want to get your personal take on some of these locations. I mean, you've, you've ridden them before you had a business and you're riding them now that you have a business. Can you give us some highlights maybe of, you know, a few of the locations, some of the, the, your favorite trails or maybe some of the trails that have gotten the most response from customers so far? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, kind of starting in our spring locations. So, um, you know, spring locations obviously aren't in the mountains here in Colorado. We do, um, St. George, Utah, Fruta, Fruta slash Grand Junction, um, and then Sedona. And really, you know, personally, I think two of my favorite trails are one in St. George and one in Fruta Grand Junction. You know, the first one in St. George, which actually is a pretty popular one with the customers so far, is Little Creek Mesa. And so, it, you know, it's kind of like a flowier version of the really popular Gooseberry Mesa. Um, it's literally right across the valley. The views of Zion National Park are out of this world. Um, but, it, you know, it's just more... It's more flowy. It's more mixed single track with slick rock. Um, and really, I mean, you could spend all day out there. And as a photographer, it's one of the most aesthetic places that, that you're going to see in the Southwest. And, you know, it's just that combination that's it's probably at the top of my list. Okay. Um, second, you know, spring locations, I would say the lunch loops in Grand Junction, which kind of fly under the radar because they're right next door to Fruta. Um, you know, Fruta's got 18 Road. They have, they have the Cocapelli loops, um, which are both, you know, absolutely incredible and you know more of my favorites but really the lunch loops in grand junction there's two trails one called holy cross and one called the gunny loop and if you link those together it's some of the most fun challenging technical riding that you can do it's you know it's just kind of push you to the edge and then when you ride it it just it's just so much fun 
you know, big rock rollers, you know, tight turns, a lot of, a lot of flow, but a lot of rock and technical riding. And it's, you know, it's just incredible. Um, you know, kind of shifting to the summer location. And I mean, it's tough to beat Crested Butte. We actually just got back um, yesterday afternoon from a four day trip in Crested Butte. And I mean, I could give you half a dozen trails in that location. Um, one of my, one of my personal favorites is actually one of the shorter rides. It's called Strand Hill and it kind of sits on the backside of Mount Crested Butte. And it's really, you know, I think if you do it as a loop, it's only about seven or eight miles. Um, you can obviously link it with, you know, a dozen other trails to make a bigger ride, but it's, it's about a three mile or three and a half mile descent through the Aspens out into a huge open meadow. It's super fast, flowy, you know, the views, you know, of Mount Crested Butte and the Elk Mountains are just out of this world. And, you know, again, it's, it's a combination for me personally of just killer views and then amazing single track. I mean, you can just let it rip, you know, barely, barely touch your brakes for the bottom half of it after you get out of the Aspens. Yeah. And for, especially for people that don't spend a lot of time out in the mountains, something like that is pretty memorable. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the customer I referenced earlier from Cincinnati, just, I think he had his mind blown. It was, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, we're doing, you know, I think we ended up riding about 60 miles over the, the four days and, I would say 75% was above 10,000 feet and just, you know, the views up there, you know, it takes a little bit, a little bit to get used to the altitude, but, uh, you know, we kind of ease people in, but once you're, you know, once your lungs and legs are good, it's, uh, it's something else. Right. Exactly. And is there anything you do with that? You know, if somebody's, do you do any pre not screening because it's kind of weird, but no elevation issues or anything like that or not? Um, I mean, there's really not much you can do, you know, obviously to to help get people in shape, we offer the training programs, which are included. Um, so, you know, that really helps. Um, you know, the first day we typically stay a little bit lower. So in a place like Crested Butte, we ride, we do a ride between 8,500 and 9,000 feet where the climbing is a little less mellow to just get people, you know, slowly acclimated to the elevation and, you know, kind of go up from there. But, you know, you spend a couple nights above, you know, five or 6,000 feet. And especially once you're up at 9,000 that, you know, you get used to it pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. The the thing is with that training plan, it's a great idea for the customer, but it's also a great idea for you because it sets their expectations that they need to kind of, if you can't do this, then you might want to reconsider what at least get back to you and say, Hey, this might be a little out of my range. Can we like, our group is a little bit less than this. Can we kind of scale it back a little bit? And you can be like, all right, cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, you know, for most of our scheduled trips, we kind of, we dissuade beginners from joining just because of that specific situation. You know, if a a beginner joins a trip where there's some high level riders, you know, the beginner is not going to have fun because they feel like they have to catch up and they can't. And the the high level riders aren't really going to enjoy it because they're always waiting. And so, you know, if it's lower level riders, we, we specifically request that they kind of come on their own with their own group. And so if it's, you know, four or five guys that are all pretty new to the sport, then obviously we can, we can adjust the itinerary and, you know, kind of ease them into it. And, um, you know, a lot of our guides are really good mountain bike instructors as well. And so there's, you know, there's definitely a training aspect to that piece as well. Yeah. I, I don't see beginners only on the drop down of the trips yet. When is that going to be added? Um, maybe next year. It's, uh, it's too much at once. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, if you dig into the FAQs, we, we address it real quick there, but, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the private trips are really kind of a back and forth between myself and the organizer. Um, you know, I've actually recommended some locations for people that they didn't even think about when they asked for a private trip. And so it's, 
you know, it's definitely something that, that we work with the group on, um, to make sure it's something that they want to do and kind of fits in with their expectations. Yeah. For future wise, you ex- expect that you're going to go East. You know, I've had a lot of people ask me, um, right now it's difficult because, you know, as a smaller company, I, you know, I mentioned it to you before we started talking, but I, I personally run about 90% of the trips myself as the trip leader and with the demo fleet currently sitting in my basement, um, they all need to be driving distance from where I live here and outside of Boulder. Um, and so typically, you know, right now all of the destinations are within four to, you know, 10 hours driving, um, Totally Once we get sense. a little bit bigger, you know, Asheville is definitely on the radar. Um, I've had a couple of people ask me to come up to Montana and Wyoming. Um, there's definitely locations that I've written down and, you know, are up for future consideration. And, you know, I wouldn't even necessarily rule out a couple international trips. Right. That's a little bit more logistically uh, intensive. <laughs> yes. <should> be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Can we talk about the, the, your ride guides or your trip leaders? I think you call them. Uh, yeah. Just maybe talk about a few of them or just give a highlight of how they, you know, kind of how they function in your, in your group. Yeah, absolutely. So every trip we do, we have a dedicated trip leader. So that person, um, you know, like I mentioned, it's it, most of the time it's me, but a lot of the times, um, you know, we've got a crew of half a dozen pretty awesome guys and mountain bikers and one, uh, one pretty kick-ass girl too. So, um, you know, they're there to make sure everything runs smoothly you know, to take pictures, to do video, to, you know, have fun at dinner with all the, you know, all the customers. If something goes wrong, they're the ones that, you know, that deal with everything. Um, so it's more of kind of an oversight role. Um, you know, chaperone. we also go a fun, chaperone. yeah, a fun chaperone, yeah. you know, we, we, we definitely, we go out on the rides with the customers as well. So, um, all of our trip leaders are, you know, they're former racers, they're, you know, former professional dirt bikers, um, Jen Hudak, who runs some of our park city trips. Um, she is a former, um, world champion skier and X games medalist, and she's a current enduro racer. Um, so it's, you know, pretty intense athletes and, and some pretty good mountain bikers, um, and you know, who just also happen to be pretty awesome people to hang out with. Yeah. And I can speak for one of them, Adam, he's a really nice guy. Yeah. Kids, yeah. Adam's a lot of fun. He's a nice guy. <laughs> he's like very personable, like fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all, you know, they're all real people. They have other jobs. They're doing this for fun. Um, you know, if it's not hard to get people out to, Hey, you want to help me out and go ride in Crested Butte for four days, but you know, it definitely <laughs> right. takes some dedication and, you know, there's some training involved and, yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're really fun and, you know, they're, they're definitely there to, to make sure everybody's having a killer time. Do you have a, a defined, uh, uh probably the, more information than uh, people should probably know at this point, but do you have like a protocol of training or is it mostly the, what you're speaking of, like uh CPR and like the basics, uh, in, in that respect? Um, there's no, no specific protocol for training. Um, it's more just kind of making sure the flow of the trip is, is consistent across the, you know, all the trips that we do. So, you know, if you go on a trip to St. George in the spring that I'm leading, and then later in the fall, you go on a trip to Sedona that Adam is leading, for instance, um, a lot of those elements of the trip are going to be run the same. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be handled the same. Um, just, you know, we've got a pretty good formula down and we want to make sure that it's consistent. Um, granted the rides are going to be different. The restaurants are going to be different. You know, the, the customers are obviously going to be different, but, uh, you know, the experience is, is kind of there to make sure it's, uh, you know, it's consistent across all aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency is most important when it comes to that kind of 
comes to anything basically. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, when we do, when we do bigger trips, so, you know, for instance, next year, when we do a mountain bike radio trip and we have, you know, dozens of people joining us, um, we'll have multiple trip leaders so we can, you know, we can kind of split up, take pictures. We can document the trip for the customers, send them the pictures afterwards. Um, you know, just kind of make sure that we split up into groups and, uh, and handle it that way. Yeah. And we're gonna have to do some recordings at night, get some of the, Probably Matt from Just Riding Along. Matt and Andrew, I'm sure, will join us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you, you don't know how excited I am about this already. Um, oh, yeah. I've got some really cool ideas for uh, <laughs> depending on what time of year you'd like to do it. So yeah, Whatever works, I guess. Yep. All right. So with that, I want to ask you, uh, as far as more other destination questions, I guess. Um, okay. Is there a favorite place that you have that's off the bike in any of these places? Like a favorite, I don't know how much you drink or whatever, but like a favorite bar or a favorite restaurant that's like your go-to regardless that you could, um, that you could sell people on when you, Hey, go to Sedona because afterward we're going to go to this place. The first one that comes to my mind is the secret stash in Crested Butte, Colorado. So it's a, you know, it used to be a tiny little hole in the wall pizza place that was probably 400 square feet. They had the local special, which was a slice of pizza, a shot of tequila and a PBR for five bucks. Um, you know, eight years ago it was, you know, barely known. Now it's, it's a pretty popular place now, but they make ridiculously good pizza. Um, it's a pretty big restaurant now, but it's just slammed every night. Um, and we always go there the first night. So we go there, you know, I, I always say we, we order more pizza than normal humans can consume because, I like to have leftover pizza for the ride the next day. And so, um, you know, we just, everybody gets a large pizza, basically, you know, you eat as much as you can that night and then just bring it along the next day. And it's, you know, it's incredible pizza. They've got awesome margaritas. They obviously have good beer. Um, and it's just, it's an awesome place to hang out after a ride. And, you know, depending on how we arrange it, we can actually ride to the restaurant, you know, from the hotel or from the house and just end our trip with pizza and beer. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you too, you mentioned a couple under the radar trails, out sure. of, I guess out of either ones that you're currently service or current, um, locations that you're doing or ones that you've checked off the list that you're not going to do, or you're going to do in the future. Are there any places that are totally under the radar as far as riding? Like we wouldn't think of, you know, obviously Crested Butte, no brainer, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mind. Are any of these some a place that you would just that you get questions? I guess that are like really. Yep, absolutely. Angel Fire in Taos, New Mexico. Yeah, okay, that's what I. Feel yeah, like I mean it's say. a. It, I mean, if you look at the list, that's probably the one that pops off, and everybody's like, "I don't even know where that is." Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean it's you know it's crazy because from downtown Denver, yeah, you know, which up. is a two point five million person city, it's only three and a half to four hours. Um, yet I could probably talk to 50 of my mountain bike friends and 49 of them wouldn't even know what it is or where it is. Right. Um, there's a trail down there called the South boundary trail, which you can ride from town. Um, you know, we kind of, we prefer to shuttle it because it cuts off about 1500 feet of climbing, um, basically on dirt roads, which kind of sucks sometimes. But anyway, um, it's about 20 to 25 miles. There's about 1500 feet of climbing total and then about 5,000 feet of descent. And I will put that trail up against any high elevation, high country trail in Colorado as being absolutely incredible. Oh, it's wow, just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's single track through Aspens. It's, it's technical. Once you get down towards Taos, um, it's, you know, it's mostly above 9,000 feet. So it's nice and cool in the middle of the summer. The views are incredible. 
Um, and we wrote it about three weeks ago. Um, I took a few of my trip leaders down there for a long weekend and we did not see a single mountain biker in 25 miles. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I mean, I never over made it down there when I was living in, in, uh, Colorado, but yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, and you know what, what makes that town in that location better is the fact that they've got a ridiculously awesome bike park. And so, you know, for four day trips, if you want to spend a day just ripping downhill trails and flow trails in the bike park, it's a pretty fun way to spend eight hours. And so the combination of, you know, high elevation trails with, you know, awesome cross country riding and then being able to hop on a downhill bike or, you know, even just like a small six inch travel bike and just have fun in the bike park. Um, it's, it's quickly becoming one of my favorite places. Okay. And there's no such thing as crowds or lift lines or, right. you know, <laughs> That's high on my list. <laughs> Anything like that. Yep. <laughs> Less people is always high on my list. Yeah. All right. Details. Yeah. And they're, nope, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I say what you're going to say. I'm going to get, then we can talk about some of the details like booking and how far in advance and all those. Yeah. I was, you know, I was just going to say that the folks at Angel Fire are really, they're really dedicated to building it um, kind of into a cross country or trail riding destination, too. So it's going to be exciting. You know, they've, they are, they already have enough trails to fill up a four day trip, you know, by far. Um, but they're expanding and they're working with the forest service and, um, even building on some of the enduro trails from the Scott enduro cup a few weeks ago or about a month ago. Um, there's some pretty exciting stuff going on down there. So it, it's definitely a place that I would recommend looking into. Yeah. There's, so I get excited every time I hear about areas that are, whether it's mountain biking or other sports, but they are all on the same page ex- in terms of getting stuff done Yep. promote what they have. So Angel Fire with mountain biking, uh, you can look to, I just read something. I'm always kind of Midwest geared in my head, but uh, Duluth comes to, comes to mind, but just north of Duluth is Lake County and they just came up, they're going through this proposal period and they're putting in a hundred miles of mountain bike trail to connect uh, different sections to Duluth and uh, all this different stuff. And it's like, when you get these groups together, I get excited when you get these groups together and they're like, all right, let's, you know, the, the process from like coming up with the idea to studying it, to like starting on it is, is like a week, right? Instead of like, three years, it's like all right, just get it done. Let's get them. Let's get some people here and show them what's up. So yeah, it, it's pretty impressive to see, you know, a lot of the destinations that we serve have a really strong mountain bike community and, and kind of watching it in action. And, you know, we make a point of, of supporting those communities, whether it's financially or, you know, helping build trail, you know, in the off season, um, just, you know, it's impressive to see how quickly they can get things done coming from, you know, the front range of Colorado, which 2.5 million people, it's obviously harder to, to get action taken care of in a, in a timely manner, but, you know, yeah, talking you have, with, yeah. with some of the folks and, and trails and exactly. And, yeah. yeah. But, you know, we were talking with the guides in Crested Butte this past weekend and, and the number of, I mean, it's amazing to see how much trail they get knocked out in a matter of weeks, you know, a, a seven mile trail in Crested Butte takes a couple months to build. Hmm. It would take three years anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just the determination <laughs> process. Yeah. Um, right. So, so that said, have you felt, it sounds like you've felt pretty welcome everywhere you've gone and everyone you've dealt with. Is that pretty much the case? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we've made, we've made plans ahead of time. So we're not surprising anybody by right, coming exactly. into town or anything yeah. like that. And, you know, and our guides are local. So, you know, our guides have been, 
they've been in the communities for dozens of years combined, you know, most of them at least 10 years and some 20 plus. And, you know, like, again, I referenced Crested Butte because we just did a trip there this past weekend, but, you know, our guide Ben has been in town for 20 years. And I mean, we saw, you know, a few dozen people on the trails over the course of the weekend and he knew 90% of them. <laughs> it was, yeah, you know, like, it's, it's just I ridiculous. I can't talk now, guys. I gotta go. Yeah. 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 One of the customers called him the mayor. So it was, uh, <laughs> that's good. But it, it gives the customers a feel like, like a good sense that they're kind of in it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, some of the communities like Fruta, I mean, Fruta is all about mountain biking. You know, they welcome, you know, it's, they get crowds obviously from the front range in Salt Lake and, you know, that town just supports mountain biking like no other. And, um, you know, then you kind of, you get to St. George and mountain biking down there is, is kind of almost an afterthought. So it's, you know, it's almost like just going and riding and being your own group, which is cool. Um, because you, you know, again, you ride 60 or 70 miles in a weekend and, and you don't see anybody on the trails, you know, you go ride gooseberry Mesa, one of the world famous slick rock trails. And, you know, I think we saw three people in 15 miles. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good trail too. Oh, yeah. Very unique. And I could see somebody coming from like the Cincinnati guy going out to Gooseberry Mesa and just, I could just see him you know, his brain just like you said. Oh yeah. Out. It's like, where did this rock come from and what am I doing? Out <laughs> right, here? Exactly. How do how do I climb this 60 degree slope on my, with my bike tires? Right. Exactly. Yep. All right. So how do people get or how do they book? How far in advance do they need to do it? Talk about all those details. Yeah. So, you know, we make it as easy as possible. Um, so booking a scheduled trip, you can do it straight through the website. You know, we take PayPal or credit card, you know, everything's secure. Um, you know, we, I guess the, the details, we cut the trips off about a week or two in advance kind of depends on the destination. So obviously the earlier, the better. Um, a lot of the customers are are coming from outside the region. So typically people have to book flights and make transportation right. requests and, and all of that fun stuff. So, you know, I would say on average, our customers are booking about two to three months in advance. Um, you know, that's not to say that if you want to book a trip three weeks out, you can't, um, because, you know, unless it's full, we, you know, we can accommodate just about anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the private trips, it, it starts with a, a contact form. So, Basically, we've got, if you looked on our website on the private trip page, there's a contact form that basically says, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so, I, I'd like to visit Sedona, for instance. We've got eight guys, we're intermediate trail riders, and this is some more information. And that kind of starts the dialogue. And um, kind of once we figure out, you know, what the best location and the best, you know, trip style and everything is for you, then we just create kind of a custom, um, custom booking page. And again, it's super easy. It's all online. And you put your credit card information in and that starts the process. Sounds easy enough. Is there a limit? Like to how many people? Yeah. Per trip. So like you said, if somebody's waiting until the last minute, like three weeks before a month before, do they, is there a certain limit or can you handle up to, um, you know, right now we like to keep it a little more intimate. And so we limit our scheduled trips to 12 people. Um, you know, I think there's two factors at play there. One is the demo fleet. So if for some reason we had 12 customers, and nobody wanted to bring their own bikes. Um, we don't have enough to accommodate more than that. Um, the second is just to keep it to a kind of a manageable group throughout the trip. And so, you know, for instance, for a group of 12, we'll have two guides and a trip leader so we can break up into smaller groups. Um, and really, you know, 12 is kind of the maximum just to keep that experience, um, you know, exclusive and, you know, intimate and, and really just focus on the mountain biking. You know, you get too, too much bigger than that for a, a scheduled trip that, where people don't all know each other, then 
you know, it kind of becomes a little kludgy and, you know, people mm-hmm. kind of wander off a little bit and, um, it's a little bit Thanks more than we can manage. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. This is a personal question from a business perspective, you being new to this whole thing, uh, going into it, obviously going into anything you have like this, you have certain expectations and they obviously change as soon as day one opens. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> what I, with being, with that being said, with what you're comfortable talking about, are, are there some things that, um, maybe talk about a couple, maybe just one expectation or something that you thought was going to happen or how it would happen that's changed and what you've learned from that? Yeah, so absolutely. Fun. You know, the, and the main thing, and really it's something that, um, I changed probably about a month or two ago. So going into it, um, my plan was to do God, 25 to 30 scheduled trips where anybody oh. could sign up throughout the year. Okay. You know, I'll be, yeah, as you laugh. Um, <laughs> just, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, starting, I think we had originally planned to start in mid-March and go through 1st of November. So, you know, basically the full riding season across our destinations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's as a new company, it's just really hard to get in front of the right, you know, the right market, but enough times and, you know, just enough people to fill up trips like that. And, um, you know, the kind of the overcommitment to the number of trips started to kind of bite us in the butt on the way through the spring. And I quickly realized that a lot of people want to go ride with their friends. And so we do have, you know, we have plenty of customers that kind of book a trip by themselves or with a buddy. Um, and they go on those scheduled trips and they ride with people from all over the country and all over the world. But a lot of people want to go with four buddies or six buddies or, you know, work friends or something like that. And so we're really changing our business model, you know, starting the second half of this year and really into 2017, where we're focusing on kind of those custom personal private trips. So, you know, kind of going back, it's that group of eight guys from Austin, Texas, or it's the, you know, the six ladies from the Southeast, you know, in Atlanta that want to come out and just rip trails in St. George all weekend. Um, And, you know, being they're more fun, you know, obviously more fun for us to interact with customers that all know each other. They're more personalized, they're more custom customizable. Um, and it's really where I think the business model and in, in chasing Epic is going, you know, going into next year, we'll still have, you know, say six to eight scheduled trips, um, you know, perfect times of the year for each one of those, but, but we're going to focus on those, those private trips. And then also the, you know, the bigger co-branded trips as well. Right. And and then you can expand. I mean, then you can expand into those, the, the more, you know, initially the reason I laughed is because initially that's a huge bite to, to, to chew off or to take on. Yeah, absolutely. Just from the perspective of there's a lot of things you don't even know to ask, you know, there's sure. a lot of problems that you wouldn't even know to think of. Yeah. And you know what, what I'm seeing happen is, you know, those customers that do sign up. So, you know, so far we, we've run about half a dozen, I think six or eight trips um, up until this point in the year. And of the scheduled trips that we've done, a lot of the customers during the trip, they're they're I can see them or hear them thinking about who they can bring with them for a a private trip next time. That's fantastic. You know, and you know, that obviously feeds into the business model and, you know, I would, I'd love, you know, repeat business, but at the same time, you kind of see that, Hey, you know, if I can bring Mike, John, Bob and Dave on the next trip and we can do this by ourselves, you know, that's going to be incredible. And so it, you know, it just, it changes the dynamic, you know, you get that group dynamic where everybody's just messing around with each other for four days and, you know, the rides just become that much more fun. Yep. I sounds, sounds like you, uh, are headed in the right direction for sure. 
Yep. So, yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to hit on or remind people? No, you know, I mean, you know, kind of going back to the co-branded thing, we've got some pretty awesome stuff coming up. Um, you know, I, yeah, so if people, did you want to, when can we talk about those? You want to come on again when you can, when you can talk about them or, uh, well, I can talk about a couple of them right now. Oh, okay, cool. Then, so, yeah, um, you know, the big one is a co-branded trip that we're about to announce with Ibis. And so, um, you know, kind of going back to the Yeti tribe gathering, um, if you think about that, I think they have like 250 or 300 people. It's just kind of a full-blown camping trip. But, okay. you know, Ibis, that's not really what Ibis is about. It's a much more, you know, it's its kind of a higher end, you know, their, their boutique, their, you know, I think they have 14 employees out in Santa yeah. Cruz. It's a pretty small company. Yep. Um, and so what we're going to do is called the Ibis Migration, where we're going to do seasonal trips. So one spring, one summer, one fall um, in, you know, incredible locations each time in a different location each time where we're going to invite um, customers to come out and basically have like a fully immersive IBIS experience. So we'll have full demo fleets. The owner and founder, Scott Nickel is going to be there. Their engineers will be there talking about bike design and, you know, what's coming down the pipe. Um, you know, a few of the trips will have their enduro riders leading some of the, the rides. Um, so it's basically a weekend or, you know, three or four days of riding with IBIS on IBISes in, you know, for instance, the first trip is going to be in park city this spring, this fall. So I think, um, September 23rd, we're going to do a three day trip in park city and, uh, it's going to be pretty incredible. So, you know, there's a couple other mountain bike companies that, um, we're tossing around ideas and kind of putting together the, the skeleton for similar trips like that. But, um, you know, Ibis is, you know, they're one of our best partners and, and we're, you know, we're kicking things off the right way with those guys. So we're going to do that trip. And then we're actually, they're sending, um, if you've heard of Roxy Lowe, so she designs all of the IBIS bikes and she's a, a pretty major force in the mountain bike industry. Wow. Um, so she, well, so she is actually going to join our women's trip that is the oh, week okay. before in Park City. Gotcha. And so our women's trip has Roxy Lowe riding with the customers and doing some presentations on on their bike design. And then it's being led by Jen Hudak, who is the a current enduro racer and former X Games medalist. Yeah. So that's a, a pretty awesome situation there too. Wow. And what's the other one that you had planned that you said you could mention? Um, so we're actually talking with a couple others. I don't want to mention names yet, but oh, they're, okay. you know, they're big brands that, okay. you know, that everybody's heard of. Um, oh. That's kind of along those similar lines. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a big thing for, for bike companies to do because it builds their brand. It builds the community of riders and, you know, it really gives customers an inside look of, at how things work with the bike companies and, um, you know, really just giving them, you know, who wouldn't want four days of, you know, testing out every bike that Ibis has in Park City. You know, yeah. it's <laughs> I'm going to ride a Mojo 3 this day. I'll ride an HD3, you know, second day. I'll go ride the Ripley the, the last day. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty awesome. And then to to think you could be riding with, you know, with someone like Scott Nickel talking shop while you're climbing, a, you know, a 2000 foot mountain. Um, it's a, a pretty awesome experience. Right. Sorry, listeners, uh, Mountain Bike Radio does not have bikes that we can offer, but we might be able to uh, partner up with some company out there if they're interested. Uh, yeah, local, I may be able to help you out there, too. I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that it's fantastic. It sounds like you have a lot going on that's pretty good. So yeah, you know, it's it's it the, like I was saying earlier, you know, the, the idea and, you know, the, the whole concept of Chasing Epic has been really well received and um, you know, we have some great partners and, you know, a lot of people are, are kind of looking to work with us to, you know, to, to get in front of our customers. But at the same time, we want to add as much value to our trips as, as possible, too. So, 
you know, if we can work with other, other companies to bring our riders and our customers a different experience, then, you know, that's kind of going back. We're always changing things and we're always kind of, you know, improving the formula, if you will. Yeah. It's become very clear over this, just this 40 minutes we've been recording, um, that you're very good at, at, uh, keeping the customer, that whole value idea of you're very good at customer. Uh, I can't really think of how I want to put it in the words, but, uh, delivering that experience for customers. Have you always been in like customer service type of things or what, what, no, you know, my, uh, (laughs) well, so my, my background actually is in on the marketing side of things. Um, but really, you know, it kind of goes back to just the experience that I had with adventure travel companies on the photography side. It's, you know, watching what makes people happy, watching, really watching how excited and happy they are on trips. I mean, you know, if I didn't run this company and I booked a four day trip to Sedona, you know, I would be looking forward to it for months. You know, it's, it's, these are, you know, potentially these are, you know, one once annual trips for, for some of my customers. And, you know, I want to make sure that literally every minute they're on the trip, they're having an awesome time. Yeah. And so, you know, we try to ride as much as possible, you know, as much as the customers can handle and, and have as much fun as possible. You know, it's, we, we work with some beer companies, we've got cold ones after the rides, you know, we, you know, we go to pretty kick butt restaurants in town, you know, we make sure to to add different elements to each trip. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for instance, last weekend we did a, I think we did a 12 or 13 mile ride in the morning. we went back to the hotel, grabbed some pizza and refueled. And then we went back out and rode until sunset. Um, you know, it's, it's just a, an awesome place to be with other mountain bikers. And, you know, you probably know personally too, I don't know too many people that mountain bike that aren't fun to be around. Yeah, no, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to find somebody that's not fun to be around if you're riding bikes. Yeah. Yeah, Bikes, bikes plus X equals fun. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So Steve, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And listeners, just a reminder, you can go to chasingepicmtb.com and you could also follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is facebook.com slash chasingepicmtb. Instagram, same thing, instagram.com slash chasingepicmtb. All right, Steve, uh, that's it for now. I'm sure that uh, listeners will be hearing more about this because I've I've spent the last half of this with the back of my brain thinking about (laughs) possibilities. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, thank you again, and uh, I look forward to figuring something out. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, we'll see some of you guys in 2017. Absolutely, and uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in. That'll do it for another episode of Destination MTB. Thank you for listening, and thank you to the sponsor of this episode, Podiumware. Go over to podiumware.com to find out more information.